Watch ye, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Thus coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 46 on page 397. God is our hope and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be moved, and though the hills be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof rage and swell, and though the mountain shake at the tempest of the same. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most Highest. God is in the midst of her, therefore shall she not be removed. God shall keep her in that right early. The nations make much ado, and the kingdoms are moved, but God hath showed his voice, and the earth shall melt away. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. O come hither, and behold the works of the Lord, what destruction he hath brought upon the earth. He maketh wars to cease in all the world. He breaketh the bow, and nappeth the spear in sunder, and burneth the chariots in fire. Be still then, and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. O clap your hands together, all ye peoples. O sing unto God with the voice of melody. For the Lord is high and to be feared. He is the great King upon all the earth. He shall subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose out an heritage for us, even the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. God has gone up with a merry noise, and the Lord with the sound of the trump. O sing praises, sing praises unto our God. O sing praises, sing praises unto our King. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the nations. God sitteth upon his holy seat. The princes of the peoples are joined unto the people of the God of Abraham. For God, which is very high exalted, doth defend the earth, as it were, with a shield. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth verse of the 10th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger and staff in whose hand is my indignation. I will send him against an ungodly nation and against the people of my wrath, and I will give him charge to seize the spoil, to take the prey, and to tread them down like a mire of the streets. Yet he does not mean so, nor does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off a few nations. For he says, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not a Calno like Karshishimish? Is not Hamath like Arab? Is not Syria like Damascus? As my hand has found the kingdoms of the idols, whose carved images excel those of Jerusalem and Samaria. As I have done to Samaria and to her idols, shall I not do also to Jerusalem and her idols? Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Lord has performed all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, that he will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his haughty looks. For he says, my strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent. Also I have removed the boundaries of the people, and have robed the, and robbed their treasures. So I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man. My hands have found like a nest the riches of the people. And as one gathers eggs that are left, I have gathered all the earth. And there was no one who moved his wing nor opened his mouth with even a peep. Shall the axe boast itself against him who chops with it? Or shall the saw exalt itself against him who saws with it? As if a rod would wield itself against those who lift it up, or as a staff would lift up, as if it were not wood. Therefore the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will send leanness amongst his fat ones, and under his glory he will kindle a burning like the burning of a fire. So the light of Israel will be for a fire, and his Holy One for a flame. It will burn and devour, his thorns and his briars in one day. 
and it will consume the glory of the forest and his fruitful fields, both soul and body. And they will be as when a sick man wastes away. Then the rest of the trees of his forest will all so few in number that a child may write them. So, and it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob will never again depend on him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. And through your people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of them will return. The destructive destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness. For the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall strike you with a rod and lift up his staff against you in the manner of Egypt. For yet a little while and the indignation will cease, as will my anger in their destruction. And the Lord of hosts will stir up a scourge for him like the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. As his rod was on the sea, so he lifted up in the manner of Egypt. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. As it come to Ayah, as he passed through Mygon at Mishmash, he has attended to his equipment. They have gone along the ridge. They have taken up lodge at Geba. Rama is afraid. Gilbad of Saul has fled. Lift up your voice, O daughter of Gala. Cause it to be heard far as licious, O poor Anathroth. Madiath was led. The inhabitants of Gilab seek refuge. As yet will remain at Nob that day. He will shake his fist at the mount of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Behold the Lord, the Lord of hosts, will lop off the broth with terror. Those of high stature will be hewn down, and the naughty will be humbled, and cut down the thickets of the forest with iron, and Lebanon will fall by the mighty one. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened a servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Here begins the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. Now a great sign appeared in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she crawled at, cried out in labor, in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in the heavens, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who, deserves the, who deceives the whole world as he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in the heavens, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death, therefore rejoice, O heavens. And you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou, thy servant, depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. Be mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. Take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. By patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which thy son Jesus Christ came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord. And by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in Isaiah chapter 10, I feel like the kind of underlying theme here has to do with God's dealing with the nations, in particular uh, God's dealing with Israel and Assyria, but then it ultimately will apply to Israel and Babylon as well. And that is because if you are the people of Israel, you have to put yourself in their shoes. Um, these foreign pagan nations have come and conquered you. Um, the, you are living now, again, under these foreign pagan nations. It would be easy then to start interpreting the current events as though perhaps God had left. Um, also, as though the wicked and the sinful men are the ones who are triumphing and God's people then are the ones who are defeated. So we have this prophetic message that comes in very strongly that no, that's not actually what's going on here, lest you begin to think and be formed in that way of thinking. What What's going on here is God's hand is sovereignly dealing with the nations in this way. So it's not the conquering of sinful men over God's people. What this is, is God's use of Assyria 
as a tool um, to execute judgment on Israel for her sins. And it will be the same, like I said, with Babylon, Babylon as well. So it all falls within the reign of God's sovereign hand, which, again, is dreadful if you're the people of Israel, knowing that you're being punished in this way. But it's also then a con source of consolation. It's how we can read the passage uh, in our passage tonight, that the commandment to Israel not to fear, because this is all within then God's sovereign dealing. So in the midst then of the punishment that Israel receives for her sins, the message to her, and it's a message to us too, seems to always be the same, which is a call to conversion, a call to return, return back then to God, return back then to the covenant, return back to your faith, which is ultimately the message of grace, which I think is what's so tied up here in Advent as we relive then the, the, the story of Israel and her exile. And the message of grace is that you really can't always start anew. The message of grace is not that, oh, no matter what you're doing, it's okay, um, or that somehow everything that you've done, God's just gonna kind of like overlook it. But the message is, is that no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, you can always return. And this is because God is always giving us that grace then to return. There was a quote, I, I can't remember who said it, I wish I could, it was really good. It was a, I think it was a Dominican priest who said, God is always in every moment giving to everyone the grace at least sufficient to pray. Um, that we always then have that opportunity. God is always giving us the grace for us to respond to. And that's the call to Israel in the midst of her punishment. And it's a call to us as well, too. And it's always a message of grace is that we can always start anew. Um, then in our second lesson in Revelation chapter 12, so we see this heavenly vision. Um, and what this vision does is it, there, there's a series of visions that will come in these next few chapters. And they kind of um, explain the message further of the open scroll. And so what we have here in Revelation chapter 12 is a vision then that shows us what's kind of the reality of things, what's the reality um, of, of the conflict that we as Christians face, both for, again, the, the seven churches in John's day, but also for us as well. And the reality of the conflict, the source of it, if you will, is indeed this ancient battle, this ancient battle between good and evil that began in the garden and has continued to this day. So narratively, I think what this does for us, I mean, within the book of Revelation as well, but for us is it contextualizes um, the story of our suffering. It contextualizes even then the meaning of our suffering. That what we are experiencing now as we follow after Christ is what our passage said. We are experiencing then the dragon who is making war on us the dragon who is making war on the offspring of the queen of heaven. That is, those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. The Bible invites us to see this true source of our conflict. Our issue with this is that we don't actually believe this. We think we're engaged in a fleshly battle. We think we're engaged with that which we can see the material world. But the reality is, is that this is the battle that we're engaged in. But again, I think our problem as 21st century Christians is that we just simply don't believe it. Um, so if, if 
If any of you are familiar with the tradition of praying the St. Michael prayer, it essentially is this vision from Revelation 12, and I would encourage you to do it for that reason too. It's kind of a window into this, and it helps them contextualize again the reality of what we are experiencing. And the important thing too that we see in here is we see what our role is in this battle, the way in which we engage in it, the way in which we resist, and ultimately the way in which we conquer, which is seen in verse 11. Uh, through the victory of the cross, through the blood of the Lamb, through the word of our testimony, and then finally the loving not our lives even unto death. Uh, maybe that be, can be something that we just spend some time during Advent reflecting on, what that means then to let go of our life in such a way that we love it, um, love it not even unto death. So we'll continue now with our intercession on page 590 and take a moment and call among those who are praying for. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. And may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts, and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.